0: On to the science fiction. Story number one. Lock of Gore. Written by Baddymaster. The Gore were a powerful race. Eight feet tall, thickly built. They had limbs wrapped in muscle that punched like constrictors. A tight layer of thin skin wrapped around their ragged physique like a reminiscent of a tightly stretched plastic. A thick, angular jaw, eyes on the verge of predatory, and a deep, indented nose to tell of generations of peace turned to war. There are no records of what happened that caused the Gore to develop such an amount of physical power. They share stories orally, and only amongst themselves. Any outsiders that hear their stories are either sworn to secrecy or caused to be unable to relay information. Most of any advanced scientific community could attempt and discover the long-forgotten catastrophe given the research rights and access to the planet of Lown, but such privileges were not offered. The Gor are a fiercely territorial race. Immensely thick fingers on each of their forearms, their physiology is similar to apes in that the location of the tendons allow for the higher amount of leverage, and therefore force, to be applied through their limbs. Their hind legs are similar to those of the kangaroo, with a powerful tendon that acts as a spring that allows them to travel long distances efficiently. Also of note is the matted black hair of the gore, male and female alike. Should confrontation arise and conflict occur, the victor will take a lock of the component's mane and add it to their own. In this way, the outward worth of an individual is oftentimes judged, with individuals becoming leaders or beggars, respectively. The locomotion of the gore is a quadrupedal when not bounding, and their two lower arms free of movement. In times of duress, the gore will rise onto two legs, allowing their more muscular and heavier set of arms to be free to deal damage. Studies imply that the gore merely travel on four limbs as a matter of comfort, not necessity. To the untrained eye, the gore would seem at the surface valued be nothing more than a particularly dangerous foreign exhibit. However, experience has taught all races that have come in contact with them that this group of beings holds aloft their culture as their greatest strength. The bond between the Ta- the richly combined selection of individuals is one of the strongest social forces in the known universe. The entire society is composed of various Tars and larger rak Iraq- teams that compete to protect one another. It can be compared to a brotherhood, deep friendship, and the bond between battlemates combined. It is not unheard of for a gore to travel across a system for a mere call of a Tarmate. They also hold the chain of command in high regard, though reserve the right to contest elders for their superiors, all these traits, and many others besides a lot of formidable presence to the core in the galactic scale of social and competitive forces. When Lu stood at ease, his joints locked into position. He could stand this way for days, though he had no longer had to after attaining the rank of head initiator. Initiator, speak, approaching the skirmish remnants. Orders. Vin Lu glanced briefly at the sixteen displays in front of the four technicians before him, shattered ships slowly swirling around each other, orbiting the gravitational well of the collapsed drive. No crew, unless life is measured. Collect the scraps, fire them to the nearest analytic and rec- reclatorium composium. The head technician grunted and relayed commands to his tarmates. Large, cleaner mechs detached from the bottom of the ship and began scanning, scooping, and storing the refuse. Some species allowed waste to accumulate in the skies. The gore didn't. Initiator, life science found, define and record. Small, non native to this area, must have been a stowaway or a cargo on the ship, running four matches in it. Oh, what do we have? One of those humans didn't think they'd get this far out so fast. Vin Lu snorted. It's only a couple light years. Bring it in. Contain and detox. Send Tao Shah to debrief and inquire. The technician grunted. Within hours, the space was clean and the particle analyzer was dropped in place to monitor the spatial activity for the foreseeable future. Vin Lu looked on passively, partly regretful that such a fight had transpired in his route and wholly regretful that he had not been there to participate. An hour later, Tao lopped slowly onto the bridge. He didn't say anything. Vin Lu stared straight ahead. He would be addressed properly or not at all. There was a few low grunts from Tao supposedly polite methods of gaining attention, until he broke. Initiator, I uh I'm confused. You were instructed to debrief and inquire. Did you not fulfil your duties? I did, initiator, but I have learned nothing. Vinlu turned and fixed his eyes on Taosha. How can you have learned nothing? Surely you must have something to show for your trouble. Taosha paused for a moment and then turned around. Vinlu flinched. One of his locks was missing. His blood began to rise. I'll deal with this. Initiator, don't... The bridge shuddered as the initiator bowed it out. Strategically placed handholds in the corridor allowed for a maximum speed to be attained. He was the inquiry chamber within moments. The portal slid open to accommodate his colossal frame. Quivering with a dissipation, the loo ended in. Off in the corner, the human sat. A paltry, weak-looking thing. It couldn't have been over five feet tall and looked quite old and frail. It was probably just a ruse, though. When Lu had heard the physical prowess of humans, some races considered them to be godlike. It was simply an excuse for their own weakness. His voice was powerful and resonant. I am the initiator. What have you done to my second? The human looked up, eyes set in wrinkled skin, met his. A small amount of hair grew on the thing's chin, and he didn't look powerful, not at all. Wenlu's child could defeat this human as easy as a goma. Whatever happened to him, he did it to himself. Ready, Frail? How could this being have beaten the second? Wenlu calmed himself enough to remember protocol. State your name. Fire. Wang Fire. What happened in the skirmish? The old human raised a hand and waved about it. Vinlu bustled for emotion. Oh, you know, here and there. What? I'm simply doing as I do. I can't help it that I got caught up in some firefight. Definitely can't help it that the bastard left their windows open. When paused, there was five different topics that could be pursued, all equally vague. Fire. You are under custody of the core add-on forces for possibly assisting unsanctioned combat outside the theater of war. The human didn't say anything. Have you no defense? No admissions. I've no defense, and I admit to nothing. I welded myself into a locker when I knew the ship would go. You're trying to arrest me for self-preservation. Vinlu was taken aback. That isn't what I meant. You'd rather have me thrown myself into exploding ship than survive. A poor policy you have. Do you often go around arresting survivors of violent, unprovoked attacks? No. Nagor add on forces strive to... You may as well jettison me now, return me to where I was. Go ahead, mould me back in my locker, and push me into space. Though that would be getting me an unarmed prisoner, wouldn't it? Windlow blinked. This was not going at all of what he planned. Fire. It is true that we don't know the precise situation yet, but I need your cooperation so that I have something to report. You're an eyewitness. You know. I think lack of oxygen and loud noises messes with my head a bit. I can't remember a thing. You can push further if you like, but that would violate the Sentient Compliance Act, Region 440, pushing any further amounts to torture. Vinlu had lost all semblance of anger during the confusion. Now it rose. He spoke through gritted teeth. He would test this human and see if it stood up to the tales surrounding its kind, and hopefully blow off the frustration that had arisen during the conversation. Very well, I challenge you to combat. The human looked at him, eyes narrowed. I refuse. What? You cannot refuse. It is not done. I can. In acknowledging my refusal, you support me. To attack me now would be to attack someone outside the laws of combat and yourself due to your support. "'How can you? I invoke the right of civilian sanctuary. "'You must take me to the nearest hub world and guarantee me safe passage as a non-combatant, "'or deny the position of the core add-on forces in the Universal Treatment Agreement.' When Lu wanted to strike the human. "'He wanted to grind the pop beneath his hands. "'And he could. "'All he had to do was reach out.' "'The Initiator took a breath. "'Your invocation has been noted. "'We will be there within a fortnight.' The human tipped his head. Thank you, Initiator. I'll submit a positive review of the Ethics Committee regarding your actions. When Lu stepped outside, the portal closed behind him. He felt like he was shaking off a weight or a net of some sort. He didn't feel like an Initiator any longer. He reached back and withdrew his ceremonial dagger from his bout. Tal Shah looked at him sadly. I tried to tell you, Talbate. I'm sorry. Vin Lu grunted, it had been years since he felt the blade on his locks. His head technician came down the corridor with a blade sliced through the lost strands of one of his fine matte hairs. The technician bowed it up. Initiator, a ship is... The words died on his lips as he watched the leader in fear. Initiator, why? Did the humans beat you? Then Lu held the lock in front of him and returned his dagger to his sheath. I... Uh, I do not understand why, but, uh, I've lost this engagement. End of story. Story number two. We support anything, literally. Written by Black Liger. The company I work for supports anything. We mean anything. Hello, you're through to Arnold. How can I help you? I said, answering yet another call for support. Came through. Stupid POS phones never did work right. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? All I got was the product wasn't working. Can you explain the issue to me in more detail? Weeble, weevil, weeble. Ah, so it's not working the way it's supposed to. Yes, some people have issues with their vocalizations. Can I get your location? Weeble. One moment, please. I replied, pulling the Google Maps to check the current distance. yes. Chicago was over the line Okay ma'am, you need to adjust your pronunciation It should be er and not er Please pronounce the word Mweeber That's right, just to confirm Repeat it two more times I intoned Mweeber, Mweeber And excellent Have a nice day and thank you for calling our cult support Remember, your satisfaction isn't our concern Hello, you are through to Arnold. How can I help you? Medepic. Came through the gobbled reply. The Type 44 hyperdrive. Let me see. Uh, which of the lights are on? Sir, you can't see the device. That means the reactor has failed. Please contact your vendor for assistance there. Hello, you are through to Arnold. How can I help you? Moo. Oh. One moment, please. I need to transfer you to the bovine support team. Moo. Oh. Humanity supporting the galaxy no matter their problem, summoning circle not working, hyperdrive broken, rampaging horde of killbots, just dial 118 999 and one of our many barely trained operators will do their best to support you. Humanity is not responsible for any injuries and is direct result from the support line. Custom satisfaction is not guaranteed. End of story. Story number three. Top Dogs, written by Chucky Snow. Greco could barely contain his laugh. What's so funny? Asked her doc, his co-pilot. I'm just reading about Terran Fauna. Well, you have to give it to those humans. Have you ever checked out the animals that they had around during their evolution? (laughs) This tells you a lot about those guys. No, I haven't looked into it. Anything interesting? Oh... There's a list For starters, they enslaved a bunch of animals pretty early on Everyone knows that a human will eat pretty much anything that they can get their hands on But they have apparently been that way for a long time They had animals that laid eggs They ate Animals whose lactations they would drink Even animals whose blood they would drink And when those animals stopped providing sustenance They themselves would be eaten That doesn't sound very funny It's kind of unnerving That's not what I was laughing about. Let's not forget that they had a bunch of animals they used for work. There was a whole class of animals. Horses, donkeys, camels, llamas, reindeer, elephants, oxen, goats, and their hybrids that were used for labor. And when those animals could no longer work... Let me guess. The humans ate them, the co-pilot interjected. Right you are. And they were even wearing clothes made from animals. They took the fur from the animals and wove it into textiles. They even took the hides from many animals and used it for clothing. But that wasn't what I thought was funny. Humans, at least early on, weren't apex predators. Whoa, there were species that preyed on humans. Wow, I'd like to see those. That's what I'm getting to. Now, humans had their share of microscopic predators, and those things did real number on their populations. There were natural plagues that wiped out millions of humans at a time. But there were plenty of bigger animals that found humans a tasty treat. That's ironic, to say the least, and I imagine that those are all extinct now. Well... They wiped out most of the megafauna that shared the land with, either by eating it to oblivion or because it posed a direct threat to them. There was one animal, the wolf, the massive canine creature, all fangs and claws and attitude. They often grew to be just as big, if not bigger, than humans. They hunted in packs and were very adept predators. Much of human folklore concerns wolves." But leave it to the humans to take one of the greatest hunters of the era An animal that would like nothing more than to hunt and eat humans And save it And put it to work I guess humans carried a grudge against those wolves that they broke Because they've spent the last couple thousand years selectively breeding those poor bastards Gricor held up a viewscreen and showed it to haddock And this is a wolf now He said, holding a picture of a chihuahua in a party hat Moral of the story, don't try eat humans, said Hedok, and they both laughed. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you're so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.